بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد Okay so last week we were off so it's been two weeks now that we haven't had this session uh, if you remember we had finished some of the obstacles of um, spiritual wayfaring. You know, I smile when I say that because I'm not that type of person myself, so I don't know why I'm talking about this stuff. But anyway, um, some of the obstacles of spiritual wayfaring, or as-sayr was suluk ila Allah. And then um, that chapter ended, which had a lot of topics under it. We we started this new chapter which is now the removal of obstacles and first and foremost is uh, tawbah and repentance and so he started talking about that and we reached the point where he divides tawbah or repentance into three different types or like three tiers of tawbah t-i-e-r-s three tiers and grades of tawbah At-Tawbatul Ammah, or Tawbatul Awam, it was called. Tawbatul Khawas, and At-Tawbatul Akhas, it's called. So we got through two out of three of these, kind of. Well, actually one of them we really got into, but then we're going to get into the other two today, inshallah. Tawbatul Awam, in Arabic or Farsi, Awam, you know, means kind of like the lay people, the normal people. Which right now, I don't know about everybody else, that's that's who a person like me is. Okay, We are awam. That's a person who might still be struggling with the basics, right? Now, he made a very nice point last time. He said that awam here, when you say lay person, it's usually opposite, opposite to clergy, right? And so clergy, if you translate that in, in a in an Islamic context, context, it will be scholar, right? But if you remember, he said, when we say the tawbah of the awam, of the layperson, it doesn't mean versus clergy or scholar. Because even if a scholar sins and disobeys God, he's considered a layperson. <laughs> he's considered awam. Yeah. And this is very important, and I think I pointed this out last time too, that that's what you like about Islam. No one gets a free pass. There is no hierarchy. It's either you are ma'sum or you're not ma'sum, finished. So that's as much hierarchy as you're going to get. And usually people are not ma'asum. There's like about 14 of those final ma'asumin that we had. And if you believe in the previous prophets being ma'asum too, that's about it. Other than that, you don't have it. So clergy and all of that, the only reason why a scholar will be given any uh, respect is because of the knowledge they're carrying. So they themselves are nothing. Maybe the knowledge that they're carrying. But even if that knowledge is not put to action, and they are disobeying God, they still fall from an akhlaqi slash irfani perspective. They fall under that category of uh, awam. Alright, so the opposite of awam, he said, is not ulama, not clergy or scholar. What is it, he said? It, you're either a lay person or you are aqil. Forget alim. Alim here doesn't have any meaning in this context. doesn't have any value. A person who acts upon what they know, that is an aqil, he calls it. 
So this person doesn't need to do tawbah. What are we talking about when we say that lay person's tawbah and repentance? Of course, disobedience of God and sinning. Okay, but then he moves on. He talks about now the tawbah of the khawas, the special ones. Okay, khawas is plural of khas. What, what does he mean by that? He says, now here onwards I'm breaking my own rules, okay? I've said this again and again. I don't like to talk about these things. Because these are beyond myself at least. MashaAllah, all of you are orafa, but me? Like this is uh, too much, okay? For me it's too much. But you know, since it's in the book, since he talks about it, it's not a bad idea to go over it and to understand that yes, there is this kind of stuff out there, okay? So he says, what is Tawbatul Khawas? The special ones, it's when they not disobey God when it comes to wajib and haram, but rather they don't go by God's commands when it comes to those things that He Himself has allowed that you don't do them. But He's told you, I like it if you do it though. What is He referring to? Mustahab and makro. So some people, please, like when we talk about this, there will be people who make a mistake and they'll be like, you know what, from now on I'm going to make sure I stay away from makruhat. No. As I said, we're still at that first level. Myself. But yes, there will be some people who will reach a point where they will do tawbah from this. Certain makruhat that they do. Or if they, do, if they, if they neglect a certain mustahab act, most of the time, most of the time salat al-layl for example, they will do tawbah from that and repentance from that. Oh Allah, I'm sorry and I'm going to try my best to fix it. As a matter of fact, um, we have this idea even in Amr al-Ma'roof and Nahi an al-Munkar. In Amr al-Ma'roof and Nahi an al-Munkar, the wajib amount is when it comes to others neglecting wajib acts or not observing haram acts. But we have this concept in Islam that it's mustahab, not wajib, to do Amr bil Mustahab and Nahi Anil Makruh as well. Right? So that's an extra step. If I see someone missing a Mustahab, I mean in conventional Islamic law books, you will have this idea that it's Mustahab to do Amr bil Ma'roof there too. Once again, as a community, as a people, as, as Muslims out here, hey man, we're still struggling with the Wajib and Haram, right? So if someone's neglecting a Mustahab or not observing a Makruh personally, I'm not going to say anything to them, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but yes, there are some people who reach this point. And then he says this khawas has different grades itself within it. So sometimes it has to do with mustahab makruh. Sometimes it has to do with not even that much. Just you know, making sure you don't, do, uh, you don't neglect an awla. Something that's better for you, even though it's not mustahab. Right? Just something that's, that might even be better. Or staying away from that which is not the best decision, right? To that extent even. Right? So it gets very, very precise. Once again, I've given this example example a million times. A person who is like 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, right? They don't have to worry about that one little peanut butter sandwich that they're gonna have someday. Right? The the guy has bigger problems. Right? Only those people who have taken care of themselves so much, their bodies to the point that a peanut butter jelly sandwich will affect them, have to worry a lot about this. Or else others, they have to worry about other things. And how many of the people out there have that perfect physique already? Not too many. Same thing with spirituality, if not less. 
And so what we're talking about right now won't apply to a lot of people. Now someone who really wants to get it wrong, who has really misunderstood things, you know what they're going to do? When they hear something like this, they're like, oh, that's what I need to do. That's why I'm not getting anywhere spiritually. So what they end up doing is, they will start focusing on makruh and mustahab a lot. Yeah? Or even tarkil awla a lot. But what is he doing or is she doing? At home, at work, at center, wherever else, the haram is happening sometimes. They've got their priorities wrong. But yeah, he says it, you can get that precise. That And it's hard to identify these cases, by the way. Let alone observe them. Right? To identify what is al-awla. Prophet Yunus, it reaches the point where Prophet Yunus will be scolded because of one little extra step he didn't take. If he called his people to God 999 times, apparently God expected him to call them one more time before leaving. Although he had yaqeen. He had yaqeen that they're not going to embrace the faith. And so he left. But because of that one more time that he should have called them, he didn't. Maybe he didn't identify that situation. I don't know what the story with Prophet Yunus is, to be honest. I don't know. Um, it gets very complicated. Prophets, I don't know what kind of expectation Allah has of them. But the expectation was that he should have called them one more time. So identifying the case itself is going to be tough as well. That's also something to keep in mind. Yeah. Mm. Right. That's exactly what he's saying, and that's exactly what I'm trying to get across. So, brother is asking, uh, can forget the prophets? Can some of the orafa be affected negatively by some of these things that I'm saying right now won't affect me, but can it affect someone like Ayatollah Bahjad? Yeah, of course. That's why this line, I've said it before, you might have heard it from me before, Ayatollah Misbah, he says that, I, I was there once when he said this, and I kind of didn't get it in the beginning, but later on I thought about it, I got it, I, I feel like I got what he was saying. He said there are some people who for them, uh, well before that let me ask you this, how many ahkam, types of ahkam do we have in Islam? Huh? Al-ahkamul, al-ahkamul, arba'al wa khamsa. Yeah. Five, mustahab, makruh, mubah. Although mubah is not an actual hukum, it's none of the above. But all now we have five. Wajib, haram, mustahab, makruh, mubah. What does mubah mean? Whatever. It means whatever. Yeah, it's none of the above. Just walking from here to there. Although sometimes if you have the, a good intention, that also, mubah becomes mustahab. Alright? So anyway, anyway, we have five ahkam, right? Until Misbah in his akhlaq class once he said, yeah, he said for some people, it reaches a point that they have two ahkam only, wajib and haram for them. What did he mean by that? Does that mean that sharia has changed now? No, sharia hasn't changed. But this person now, for them, a peanut butter sandwich, a spiritual peanut butter sandwich, is off limits. Unless they want to lose whatever they have of gains that they've made. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Alright, you get your answer? Yeah. I heard that um. from Ayatollah Benjamin too. He said, you know, your people right now you have five, but mm. at this time you have two. Uh. Wajib, 
For him, yeah. But is this for me and you? That's all that matters right now. <laughs> no, not, not me. Trust me, not me. Those who know me, know me. It's not for me either. Alright. <clears throat> he says that. And then he goes further. Sometimes even, it might even be mubah, but it's a waste of your time. That even will take you down, he says. Will make you lose certain gains that you've made spiritually. I'll give you an example. Do you guys know what fantasy football is? I rest my case. Alright? Fantasy football is fine. Okay, it's not haram. But what is fantasy football? Fantasy football is a waste of time. And since you pro- you can't bet on it because betting is haram, I don't even know why people do it anymore. <laughs> you know why? Because you have to follow the stats of your players, although now they have these apps that like make it easier, but at the end of the day, you are following the stats of the players that you have on your fantasy team. And so you know what? Football is once a week for 16 weeks, excluding playoffs. Once a week. I know guys who do fantasy baseball, basketball, and the, the way they know these numbers and stats, you're like, man, I wish I could implement this methodology for them to learn about their deen. You know, it just, it's boring, it's all numbers. At least when you're learning Islamic rules, it's words. This is all numbers. <laughs> but they know all the stats. I've seen it. My guys in Toronto, if they're hearing this later sometime, you know who you are. The brothers in Toronto, they, f- they do baseball. Baseball is boring to watch. I don't know. Does anyone agree or disagree with me? Baseball is boring. Football is fun. Basketball is fun to watch at least. I don't know about baseball. And then to do fantasy? I don't know. All I can do is yawn when I think of that. But they... So this is just an example. It's not haram. Do your fantasy. Don't worry about it. All that stuff. But the point I'm trying to make is, you won't find a great a great arif spending time on something like this. Is it haram? No. Is it makru even? Maybe not. Based on those five ahkam. But based on the ahkam of the urafa, it's off limits. Why? Because it's a waste of time. Yeah. So he even goes that far. And he uses the word raqiq. You know, when you water something down even more, make it even thinner and thinner and thinner. Like he says, that's how subtle it can get even. Right? So, sometimes it's a good idea for a person just not to become an arif. Because it is not easy to maintain. <clears throat> it reaches a point where the slightest mistakes, mistake in their dictionary, not in our dictionary. For me, a mistake is to do something haram. For them, their dictionary, the haram, as I said, is different a little bit. The slightest like mistake takes certain certain things away from them. I don't want to. I don't know if I should share stories with you or not about that. But there are scholars that they themselves will tell you that yeah, till this point I was seeing certain things and experiencing certain things. But then I did one little thing like I got involved, not even in something bad. I got involved in I don't know teaching somewhere or something. That took my focus a little bit. I lost some of the stuff I had. To that extent, it gets very subtle and precise. And so this is where they're, this is where they're at. Why am I going through all these things? Because it's in the book. <laughs> or else it's, not, it's not very relevant to, to a person like me. But it's interesting. Now, talking about tawbah, he says, look, there's different parts of tawbah, of course. This uh, isn't very akhlaqi irfani. This is even fiqh. This is basic fiqh as well. That um, when you 
have disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what happens is, you have to make up for it sometimes. Sometimes. If a haqqullah is trampled or haqqullah is trampled. Haqqullah is of two types. Sometimes you have to make up something. Sometimes no, you just have to regret what you've done. So for example, you all know the examples for that. Salat, psalm, these things you've missed, and you missed on purpose, that's a sin. You miss not, Some people think that neglecting wajib is not problematic. Doing haram is problematic. No, no, neglecting wajib is haram. Okay? And so, you have to make that up. Sometimes it's not like that. You listen to haram music, God forbid, you don't have to make anything up, but you know, you just disobeyed Allah. So, I, I, I use these words loosely, just disobeyed Allah is a big thing, it's a big deal. But just disobeyed Allah, you don't owe anything. Sometimes haqqun nas is involved, we all know that as well. You took money from somebody, you know, you stole a thousand bucks from somebody because it was on their table, and they didn't see when you took it. You can't just go home and be like, oh Allah, I'm so sorry, you know. <laughs> Forgive me and I will spend this money for whatever I need to spend it for, of course. No, that's not how it works. You have to give the money back as well. Haqqun nas, yes. What's the difference between Oh, we'll talk about that. If I forget, let me know, remind me. <clears throat> Alright, so Sometimes, yeah, haqqun nas has to be made up for He says, aside from all of this though That's stuff that you will do But he says, look The cleansing of the heart part The heart part Is the hard part Okay Because when you disobey Allah Yes, haqqullah, haqqun nas Making it up And all of that is there but that's one side, one aspect of it. There's another aspect to this whole thing. And that is the dark spot that is put in your soul. Now yes, Allah is super kind. And so we have hadith that when you disobey Allah, the ones, the angel who writes that down, yes, doesn't record it right away and waits. Gives you, I don't know, I forget what the exact number is in the hadith. Something like half a day, a day, six hours, something like that. I don't remember. Before they actually record it. Right? So that you repent. Yeah? But once it's recorded, whenever that is, whenever that is, even if it's right away, whatever it is, that is filth now that has to be cleansed. If I am looking at it from the lens of cleansing my heart equals... Me not getting punished in the hereafter. That's not a problem. Okay? If someone is really regretful, then by, a, by doing a real tawbah and repentance, Allah will forgive and forgiveness equals no punishment in the hereafter, inshallah. But, they, he says here in the book, there might be a difference of opinion here, by the way, that there is that darkness that comes and cleansing is going to be a problem a little bit. Okay? And he says that's why these in the du'as we find that it says like Allahumma tahirni fihi min al-danasi wal-akdar in one of these du'as of Ramadan. Oh Allah, in this day, cleanse me from the filths um, that have attached to me. Well, what is it talking about? It's talking about the sins. Allahumma ghsilni fihi min al-dunub. Wash me from the sins, oh Allah, on this day. Tahirni fihi min al-uyub. Cleanse me of and purify me of any. Uh, faults and deficiencies. So he says here, Ayatollah Jawadi, he says, we have to come to this reality and understanding that sin in really is filth. 
You know, we've talked about this before probably. I say it all the time because it comes up a lot in our sources, in our scripture and literature. That in this life we don't see things the way they really are. It is in the barzakh onwards that we see things the way they really are. لَقَدْ كَشَفْنَا عَنْكَ غِطَاءَكَ Today, when you've died, we took the veil from your eyes. فَبَسَرُكَ الْيَوْمْ حَدِيدٌ Now you're seeing things the way they really are. Your vision is sharp now. What does that mean? That means before you weren't seeing things. This sin was sweetness and pleasure for me. But when I go there, I see it was actually fire. Actually it is. Okay? He says we have to understand that sin and disobedience of God really is filth. What happens then? What happens if it's filth? He says it darkens the soul. As a result of sin, a person will not have good dreams. It's interesting how he puts his finger on this. And, I, and, and going forward, I see him repeat this several times. He really puts his finger on dream, dreaming and seeing things in dreams. And he feels that certain ma'arif and certain understanding, certain pieces of knowledge and you know, gifts of knowledge are given in dreams even, he says. He says, you won't have good, a good dream. And in your dream, you won't have any ma'rifah given to you. No share there. And even when you're awake, nothing is going to come your way. When there's darkness. Now, he'll explain more maybe later why this. Yeah, he'll explain more why, why this is the case. That this sin doesn't allow you, doesn't allow these things to come to you. Uh, it's going to be common sense. We'll get there. Yes. So that as a result of that ma'rifah that Allah has given him in his dream, and when he's asleep, he didn't say dream, he says sleep. Now however that is, probably through a dream or something, I don't know. Or even in his awakeness, as a result of not getting anything out of that, this person does not have real knowledge for themselves, and does not have anything that they can give to others as well. In other words, they're empty-handed, there's nothing there for them. This is what sin does, because of the darkness it brings. Then he makes this really deep point that I was like, I was, I felt, I was blown away. How do you even think of this? Where he says, look, in Surah uh, Shams, what do we say? What does the Quran say? It says, وَالشَّمْسِ بِسْمِ وَالشَّمْسِ وَالدُّحَاهَا وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا Allah is swearing by all these things, right? He's swearing by the sun, the, and, and when, it, when it comes up, and the moon when it follows it. Day, night that covers day, the, the sky that, and, and whatever is, is up in the sky and what He's built, and the earth and how it's like spread out. Okay, He says, look, these verses are going to end with a verse. I'm going to talk about that verse later, but let's look at these verses, he says. Question. When Allah swears by the sun and daybreak, when this sun comes out, right? Is this something that happened 1400 years ago that the Quran is talking about? It's not happening anymore? Is it happening constantly, every day? Yes. This, the moon coming after it, talaha, which ensues, happens all the time. One after another, you look at these, the day, the night, the, the sky, the earth, all of these, whatever Allah has said about them, is it repeating itself or it happened one time? It's repeating itself. Then he says, okay, if these are getting repeated all the time, let's look at the next verse. 
Allah is inspiring or inspired. It's past tense, just like the previous verses. Madi, past tense. But what do we conclude from the previous ones? It's constant and ongoing. Here it says, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَهَا And by the one who um, proportioned the soul, the self, and inspired to it the good and bad. Question, is this something that happened just when we were born? Or is it going to be ongoing? It's ongoing, he says. He says, I was like, wow. And then he wants to make a point here. Remember I said he's going to explain, it's common sense, he's going to explain why there's going to be an obstacle, why sin and disobedience is a problem. He says, look, so from above it's showering down. The grace is coming and the love is coming down. But are there receptors to that or not? You know, I don't know uh, if you've done electric stuff, but like, yeah, these nodes or whatever they call them, when they want to connect them and electricity flows through it, if it's dirty, what do you do? Right? Actually, one time, you know what happened to me? I don't know, I don't know. Sometimes I just lose my, for a second I lose my that power of thinking and I, I took one of these uh, <laughs> adapter on my laptop years ago and I was like trying to fix it with my mouth. So I bit into it, I bit into it, my whole body just like froze for a second. Was, I got electrocuted. <laughs> anyway, when you want to attach, if you want a good connection, these have to be clean, the receptor, or else it won't, it won't get that current that you want, right? Anyway, uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm alive today and here to, to, here to bore you. <laughs> and a lot of my sins were lost that day, by the way. <laughs> my dad is, uh, my dad is uh, an electric slash material engineer. And so, uh, that's his PhD and stuff. And so, he always tells us whenever we have these little minor electrocutions, he's like, look, it's good for you. It resets a lot of things in you. As long as, you know, you don't die. Okay? <laughs> Alright, so, the same way those are constantly taking place, this is also constant. God is constantly inspiring. But the problem is the receptors are dirty. So that's where sin comes in. It doesn't allow for a good connection to be made. Is it Allah's fault? Or is it the recipient's fault? It's the recipient's fault. Yeah. So you see, once again, I've said this several times. Disobedience of God, sin. Not doing what Allah wants from us. These take on a whole different meaning now. Before, it was all about, okay, God told us to do certain things. And if we don't do it, we're going to get punished. But then they taught us that, okay, you know, you go, Imam Hussein will take care of you, Shafa'a will take place, I won't get punished if I, if I ask for forgiveness. We're talking more here. There's a lot more going on. right? Forget about that part. As I've said before, Ayatollah Jawadi says this all the time. He says it's not hard to not go to Jahannam. It's not hard. He says this all the time. It's not hard to not go to Jahannam. We've been raised thinking that's what it's all about. Just make sure you don't go to Jahannam. You're right. So we find a way to like do what we want to do sometimes here, although it goes against Allah's will. But we're like, you know, we'll fix it up with tawbah or something like that, shafa'ah, things like that. Here, sin takes a whole other meaning now. And it can be seen in a whole different light. Sin is that which covers those receptors of ours 
doesn't allow us to get more out of this life, of those special things that Allah has for everybody. That's the problem with sin, the darkness that it puts there. Yeah, it doesn't allow for a connection to take place. Will I even feel it when it's coming down? No. I don't want anyone to think like, okay, so I'm not feeling anything, so it must not be happening. No, 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 no. It's happening. Why do we take before and after pictures when we're on a diet? Because it's such a subtle change and transformation in us, we don't see it day by day. But a before and after picture illustrates it. Guys, it, we don't have such a thing when it comes to spiritual growth. Okay? And so we might not feel like things are changing, but they are, even more subtly than losing weight. Okay? So that's that. He says, that's why when they say that the salik, you know, that, that spiritual wayfarer, um, once again, this won't apply to a person like me, but I'm just reading it because it here, it's here. And that salik is supposed to speak less. And it's supposed to be careful about what, not what they eat, about just how much they're eating even. Yeah, now you know why it's not applicable to me. It's because this person wants to hear those quote-unquote sounds that are coming down from above. You can't clog your ears, your spiritual ears, with all the other noise out there and expect to hear the noise of Allah coming down. So the biggest clog is going to be what? From is going to be the result of sin. Now those that tawbatul that the tawbah of the khawas, the special tawbah is an extra step. The more you take care of these things, the more you get, you know, that those signals that are coming. Yeah. If a person, he says, and this is like a nice line he has here. He says, if a person wants to hear a sound that's coming from far away, then they have, to, they have to keep their own mouth shut and not make noise for themselves. Right? Once again, if a person, we believe that this, if this sound is coming, this quote-unquote sound is coming from above, it's coming from a far away place. Yeah, I know they say Allah is close to us and all of that, but he's likening it to this scenario that he's painting right now for us. It's coming from afar because it's from other than me. I can't be making noise in, within myself and expect to hear that noise. Right? Once again, it's being metaphorical here. When we say noise and sound, we're being metaphorical. Speaking and eating is metaphorical? No, not that. The speaking and eating, he says, these are things that have an effect on us, he says. And so it's interesting how he uses that example versus using the example of sin. Till here we were saying sin causes darkness. But he goes a step further because we are talking about tawbatul khawas the repentance of the special ones, right? For them, we, we said they're, they're past that stage of wajib and haram. Now they're even careful about how much they eat, drink, sleep even, all of these things. Yes, not necessarily makruh, it's just one extra thing that the body has to worry about. When the body is, is preoccupied with something, this, that much of the soul will also be preoccupied. I've seen scholars explain this. Yeah, that once you, they say, for example, if you sleep on a, on a very very full stomach, don't expect to have anything special happen at night, right? Um, when you're asleep, yeah. Why? Because the body is busy digesting that food. You can't expect much to happen, because that much of the soul is going to be engaged as well, right? So every, you see, it goes back to that maybe the first or second day, we, the second session we had. Every little bit for these kinds of people counts. 
every little distraction, whatever they have to, whatever, however much they have to get engaged with this world, they will get engaged, but not, too, not more than that. Yeah? Take this idea and understanding of this dunya and approach and, 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 and bounce it off of what's it called, how others in this secular world we live in and materialistic world we live in, yes, engulfed in consumerism, how they look at things, that look, there's this also, there's, there's, there's that colorway of that sneaker, let me get that one too, right? There's this food, that hotel, that place, that vacation, that cruise, all of these things, if it's there, some people even go, like they're like, well, whatever, I don't want to use that example. And so they'll, anything that's out there, they feel like, okay, that's also something that I have to try to accomplish or achieve or experience and gain for myself. Then you have this approach that, no, 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 no. Anything extra than what I need to do of engagement here is going to be a problem for me because it's just going to be that much more noise clogging up my ears to hear what's going on outside. <coughs> oh, yeah, this is a tough book, by the way, because he'll mix metaphor with reality back and forth, okay? So the eating and drinking was not metaphorical. When we're talking about sounds and hearing noise, that's metaphorical, meaning whatever Allah is sending down of His grace. Inshallah, you get it. And that's why Atullah Hassan Zada Amini, he has this line where he says that um, the more muraqaba in the day, the clearer, you've heard this before? Visions are going to be at night. Yeah. Muraqaba means the more you're careful. Now, this being careful, once again, is going to have different grades. For some, it's wajib and haram. For some, it's eating, drinking, I don't know, thinking. I don't know, messaging, all that kind of stuff. For some, it's even more than that. They're careful that their mind doesn't wander off from other than Allah, which brings us to this last form of tawbah, which is the highest form of tawbah, which has to do with doing tawbah from uh, remembrance of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is really for those who are way up there. Right? We'll leave that inshallah for next week. Any questions before we end? Yes? Oh, good thing you said that. <laughs> One second. The difference between istighfar and tawbah, um, they're almost the same. Um, istighfar is to ask for forgiveness. Okay? And so if istighfar is done with, with pure intention, then it is tawbah itself. Tawbah means that you're regretful of what you've done that was wrong and that you're willing to you know, try your best not to fall into that anymore. So in that sense. But istighfar can sometimes just mean, you know, saying, Astaghfirullah Rabbi wa atubuli That does not equal tawbah. Sometimes you're not even paying attention, and you're saying, Astaghfirullah Rabbi That doesn't count as tawbah, right? So in the end, what matters is that, you know, turning back of the heart. Yeah. Alright, anything else? Alright, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.